around you. It filtered down into my heart. WIAM 101.1 FM. The Way. Current events. Personal values. Political and social issues. Technology. Wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. While the spiritual battle we face personally and globally might seem nebulous and hard to understand, the Bible does give us some insight into how Satan works of his own accord and through the fallen angels. But the spiritual battle is also played out through man, albeit for the most part unaware, but for those who are usable by Satan, these men are notorious and for all the wrong reasons. We'll see the reasons why, and why there's no reasoning, and how important prayer is to the battle as we look at the signs of the times. Our weekly look at Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news for Friday, January 28th, 2022. Our live broadcast will become podcast number 200, and the Way Media app or the waymedia.net will tell you all the ways to listen, to share, and to subscribe. And now here to help us align the Word of God to the world's news is Pastor Mark, who is notorious because he puts bacon on his bacon. See, I, I, that's amazing. I, it's just kind of in there. It is. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I don't, you have these Bacon-wrapped bacon. Yes, there it is. So I, I think I'm going to get with these intros all the time, Mark. I've got to be ready for these intros. Yes, you do. Ba- I've got... <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's great to Actually, be here, you've man. Been, you've been baking me to stop those oh, intros. No, 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 so. no, no. We can't okay. go. Everybody's out there. Right. Dad jokes. We're in that. Okay. Yeah, we have to be yes. careful. It's got to yes. be. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will point out uh, though what something that's interesting because some people have said, "Wow, podcast number two hundred. We've actually been on the air as a broadcast. Yeah. Uh, this March will be fifteen years. So how many shows are there? We, the, the, we, well, we started. We started this show a year after we started the radio station. So I wonder if you just so, so I wonder how many weeks that is. I'll show you how many shows we've done, right? Oh, well, minus, minus the times that, you know, you're on a Harley oh. extravaganza yeah, somewhere on the beach. Break. Yeah, all right, yes, all right. vacation okay. breaks all right. well, we'll just, and whatnots. That's right. But still, but for lot. the most part. And, and, of course, we have to subtract every Friday after Thanksgiving. Yeah. We're not on. So when do we start the podcast, you said? The podcast. Uh, wow. Okay, never mind. I'm trying yeah, to figure out yeah. how many. We'll work. I'll work. I'm just curious how many shows we've done, but it's been great. You we've know, been it's, two, it's, well, we've done, we've done, I think we've done over 200 podcasts, but I, I started numbering them. Uh, for uh, the purposes of syndication and okay. other technical issues. Okay, well, so, that's anyway. great. Awesome. But enough of that. <laughs> yes, let's rock and roll, right? <laughs> yes, and, infor- and unfortunately, we don't have any listener questions this week. Uh, so we do encourage you, if you do have any uh, prophecy questions, or if you've got Bible questions, you can always uh, visit uh, thewaymedia.net. Click on Signs of the Times, or if you're an old schooler, you can still go to the signs.org and it will redirect you right to the correct page there you go. at thewaymedia.net and you can ask your prophecy question. We always love receiving those. So, yep. anyway, with that, did you want me to uh, uh, give the give this article as the preface let's, for this main theme? Let's do it. Let's go into okay. that. I think that's a good idea. Okay. Um, and, and actually, for those that were listening that last week, this is one of the articles that Pastor Mark said. He would hold, and we would talk about the following week, which is right now, and you'll see why here in just a moment. This is from Fortune, and the title of this article is Pfizer's COVID-19 Vaccine was funded by Germany, not U.S. Operation Warp Speed. Yeah, this may shock some people, but I'm going to read some of the article. It said the success has many authors. And encouraging data from Pfizer's incorporated experimental COVID-19 vaccine had plenty of people in Washington lining up to take credit. But the truth is, Pfizer didn't receive any funding from Operation Warp Speed for the development, clinical trial, or manufacturing of the vaccine. Rather, its partner, BioNTech SE, received money 
from the German government. Biotech is credited for contributing the messenger RNA technology. And in March, they clinched a deal to to develop a shot to prevent against COVID-19 at research sites, both in the U.S. and Germany. The two companies began human testing of the vaccine in April before the existence of Operation Warp Speed was revealed publicly. Berlin gave the German company $445 million in an agreement in September to help accelerate the vaccine by building out manufacturing and development capacity in its home market. What the U.S. did, meanwhile, was commit to buying hundreds of millions of vaccines in advance to ensure Americans were among the first in line if it clinched an emergency use authorization or approval from the FDA. The Trump administration agreed in July to pay almost $2 billion for 100 million doses with an option to acquire as many as 500 million more once that clears, uh, clearance comes. So the thing, again, Greg, from this, I wanted to point out, which is a great foundation for this, is that really who funded the Pfizer COVID-19 shot is Germany. Um, and I find that interesting. I just found that very intriguing. And that got me thinking and got me doing some homework and some research. And so really led to our first half topic here that we're going to be looking at. You know, I will make one quick side note about this. It's interesting. As you read the article here, as we read it together, it talks about they were waiting for approval from the FDA. Many of our listeners may not know this. It never has, none of the, none of the shots are yet approved. <laughs> none of them. They, none of them have been approved yet by the FDA. Not, not Moderna, not Pfizer, none of them. All under emergency use. Yes, emergency use only, and they're still considered, you know, experimental, if you will. And, and again, we could go a whole uh, show on just that. Just but, that, yeah. Yeah. But the reason I wanted to point that out, Greg, is this really started getting me thinking about um, the subject today, and that is regional demons. And we have mentioned regional demons before in the past on the show, but I don't know that I've ever done, and maybe I have, maybe I've jumped into Daniel and talked about it some, and I'm going to do that today because something I want to point out that is interesting in light of all that that's going on with the shots and this kind of stuff is we have to realize we're in a spiritual battle. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, we tend to look at companies and people and presidents and congressmen, and everybody has their part. Yeah. But, you know, you pointed out something uh, right before the show, Greg, that was very apropos in First John one nineteen. for the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Yeah, First um, John 5.19. What did I yeah. say? Anyway. 1.19. Oh, 5.19, sorry. But that's also a good one, too. Yes, it is. But First John 5.19, <laughs> the whole world is under the yeah. sway of the wicked one. And you brought up the point, it just depends on how much. Uh, for each person. And, and, and so what I want our listeners, you know, part of the thing we do here at Signs of the Times is get us outside of this world and be thinking spiritually and above the clouds. Yeah. And, um, there are demons all over the world and there are certain regions. And we're going to point out some scripture that shows us that. Uh, the Bible says that when Satan fell, he took a third of the angels with him. Uh, the angels are now what we call demons. And, um, they're assigned that they're, they're a military group, just like, you know, describes in Ephesians. It gives them military descriptions. You know, they have battalions that they have, they're very organized. And it would appear, Greg, from Daniel that they are assigned to certain, well, for a fact, they're assigned to certain regions. Yeah. But we could infer from that that maybe the region they're at forever. Now, Satan may move troops around. We don't know. Um, but because they're called kings and princes, as we'll see in a moment, I would think that he probably is as, pretending to be god is giving them authority you're the king over this you're the prince over that his, so, his kingdom yes yeah, so the, the demons aren't going to want to just leave that that makes them feel important it's pride that's why they fell so i'm the king of this i'm the prince of that so i think we can make a good educated guess that these demons do remain regional and remember when it comes to demons they're eternal they last forever they don't die you have a new generation comes along that generation dies out then a, a new generation comes along but the same demon stays in the same place and so I want to read some of this first and then talk about the impact of, of these demons being in the same place and what that really means. But let me share with you out of Daniel chapter 10. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but portions of it. Uh, here's the setting. Daniel was fasting and seeking God, needing help about his situation. And he says, um, then God sends an angel to him, a messenger. And in verse 8 of Daniel chapter 10, uh, it says, therefore, I was left alone, this Daniel speaking, when I saw this great vision and no strength remained in me. For my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words, and while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground. It just drained him, basically. And you see this more than once, this draining of Daniel. Uh, when uh, The power of these angels or whatever, some, some reason say, drains him. Well, and spiritual battle is, is physically taxing. Yeah, good yes. point, good point. He says, suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said, oh, Daniel, man, greatly beloved. Understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. 
And while he was speaking to me, I stood trembling. And he said, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand. Note that. This is 21 days earlier. From the first day you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. And I've come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days. Now, we're going to pause here just a moment. Remember, this is an angel sent from God in answered prayer to Daniel. That proves this is no ordinary prince. No ordinary man could stop an angel from heaven being sent by God. So what we see here is a spiritual event going on. This is one of these regional demons, a fallen angel, who has been given by Satan, apparently, um, the region here to be the prince of the kingdom of Persia. And so when the when the angel was coming, Gabriel, probably Gabriel here, he's the messenger of God, as he's coming to give this message to Daniel, he runs into this guy that's going to fight him. So there's this spiritual battle going on in the heavenlies. The prince of Persia says, no, you're not going to go down there. Well, he's going to get there. Uh, but he's like having this battle. So they're having spiritual battle, trying to keep him from getting there. But listen to what, what the, uh, the angel says. He says, the prince of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. For I'd been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now notice this. We see kings and princes. Um, all of these are demons. He was left alone fighting this prince of Persia and all and these other kings of Persia now came and joined this prince. So here Greg's this one angel, probably Gabriel, fighting, you know, whacking it out here with this the prince of Persia. Now the kings of Persia, these other demons that have a different position, they come and start fighting. So it's this one guy, it's kind of this Bruce Lee thing going on there. He's fighting all these guys at one time. And God says, Okay, I'm gonna send you some help. He sends one angel. And he sends Michael, and he calls Michael one of the chief uh, princes of heaven. And so, again, every time we see Michael, he is a powerful, powerful being. Michael is the one that is the defender of Israel. And whenever Michael's the one that defended the body of Moses against Satan, so it shows he can hold Satan off. So he probably is a cherubim, one of the cherubim around the throne, uh, like Satan was. Very powerful, great authority in heaven. Um, God says, all right, he's fighting this prince of Persia and all these other kings. Go get him. Michael shows up and kaboom, he blasts these guys out of the way. And they together, they conquer him and blow him out. You know, whatever kind of Marvel movie scene you want to picture, they blast all directions, you know. <laughs> yeah. And he wipes these guys out. Doesn't kill them because they're eternal, but blast them out of the way. And so then they get through. He, Michael breaks him through and he gets on down now to answer, answer Daniel. So you see the battle here that's going on in the spiritual realm. And he says, I've come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days from now. And when he'd spoken the words to me, I turned my face toward the ground, became spe speechless again. Suddenly one like the likeness of the sons of men touched my lips. I opened my mouth and spoke, saying to the one who stood before me, my Lord, because of the vision, my sorrows have overwhelmed me, and I've retained no strength. For how can this servant of the Lord talk with you, my Lord? As for me, no strength remains in me, nor is there any left in me. And again... One having the likeness of a man, this angel touched me and said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace to you, be strong. Yes, be strong. And when he spoke to me, I was strengthened. And I said, Lord, let my Lord speak, for you strengthen me. And I noticed this. And he said this. Do you know why I've come to you? Now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. So I broke through to get here, and I've got to go back just to get back to heaven. I've got to fight back through this guy. And when I've gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come, and he's going to fight against me as well. The prince of Greece is going to show up, so he'll have the prince of Persia fighting him, the prince of Greece fighting him. Um, but, but he says, but I will tell you what is noted in the scripture of truth. No one upholds me against these except Michael, your, your prince. And Michael's the prince of the children of Israel. In other words, I don't need any help but Michael. So I've got to go back. I'm going to fight these two regional demons in this area. Michael's going to be with me. He'll blast me through, and I'm back on up to the kingdom. And I can't wait to meet Michael. Yeah. I mean, you know, Greg, it's interesting. The Bible says we'll be greater than the angels. Man, if we're going to be That's greater, than, oh, I can't even if we're going to be greater that. than Michael, yeah. and Michael's knocking all these princes yeah. of Persian Greece out of the sky, what? I, what a future! What kind of future do we have? But anyway, all you guys that wanted to be, you know, a Power Ranger or whatever you thought <laughs> as a kid growing up, well, you're going to be more than that. Um, anyway, so here's what I want our listeners to see, and that is, um, I've already said it. There are regional demons. Uh, the spiritual battle still go, yeah. still going on in the heavenlies. When we pray, and there's a great thing to learn from this: when you start praying and you don't hear your uh, your prayer immediately answered, realize there may be a battle going on in the heavenlies as as God is trying to send the answer and the, the whatever you're praying for. Don't stop praying. I mean, you're praying while these angels are up there fighting to get through to you to answer your prayer. Oftentimes, that does. I don't know how often that happens, but we know what happened here. So either way, regional demons we see them: Prince of Persia, Kings of Persia, Prince of Greece, etc.
Now, it stands to reason, as we said, because once he assigned these things, they want to hold on to it, that there are all around the world different regional princes, demons, whatever. And uh, we probably have one here over Knoxville or over some region, maybe a demon of the United States. However that works, I don't know. Or how many there are, we don't know. That's I mean, exactly right. My guess is it's more than 10 regions, yeah, or 10 toes, exactly. so to speak. But. Well, and, and, and now some practical examples I want you to see of regional demons today. In other words, these same demons are still there, like I said at the intro. What I want you to see is our listeners. I want you to understand, when you see these things, realize these demons remain. They're still trying to do the same mischief, but people die and a new generation comes along. I point to Syria. Syria is the region of Assyria, ancient Assyria, or Gaza, which is still the Gaza Strip where the Philistines were back in the biblical days. Both Syria and Gaza are still the same mess they were thousands of years ago. Matter of fact, in Syria, they're doing some of the same atrocities, Greg. They torture people and do horrific things to them, just like the Assyrians did. Then in Gaza, they do the same thing. And I think a lot of this has to do with regional demons. Now, some of it is cultural, some of it is just taught, some of it is you pass it on. But when you see these same regions in the same conflicts that historically have been there, we as believers have to put on our spiritual glasses and say, you know, you've got the same demon, probably the probably the prince of Assyria is still there, probably the king of Gaza is still there, whatever, fill in the blank. And all they're doing is taking the next generation and stirring them the same way they did for all these generations throughout time. Now, why do I find that interesting in light of what we're going to talk about here when it comes to the um, the shots and, and all the stuff that's happening here? Let's jump back to, what, if you remember what happened, um, and we shared this on the show a while back. Let's just, well, let me just mention, first of all, World War II. Everyone knows what happened, uh, what Hitler did in World War II, trying to basically take over the world and destroy the Jews and all of his agenda that he had. And again, we know he was very spiritual. I'll put that in quotes. It was very demonic. He was a very demonic man. Those of you that have studied World War II and Hitler, you see the demonic connections. Even the swastika is connected to uh, Hinduism and some of the other false religions of the world. So he was very into the whole spiritism and false religion, false gods type thing. And he no doubt had supernatural power given him because he wouldn't have been able to do what he was able to do. And God allowed that for God's purposes. We won't understand that until later. But There was no doubt a regional demon, probably the prince of Germany or the king of Germany, whatever title it has, there's probably princes and kings in that region, um, that were influencing him, giving him power and helping him, even as the Antichrist will receive power and help him as well. But you you mentioned Hitler, and a lot of times people get emotional and they say, you're doing that for dramatic effect. No, the name doesn't matter. I want our listeners to realize this. It's not about the name Hitler. It could be Joe, Steve, Ed, whatever name. It's the spirit behind the person that's doing what they're doing. I'm not taking away the uh, consequences and the responsibility to Hitler in, in before God. What I'm saying is, there is no doubt there was a prince of Germany, a spiritual creature or whatever, behind um, Hitler during the World War II. We know that um, Satan wants to take over the world. He's going to do that with the Antichrist, this world leader in the last days. That's one of his main agendas. But we know that even more importantly than that, and maybe second to that, if even second, is the destruction of the Jews. He hates the Jewish people. He wants to be God and rule the world. And he wants to wipe out the Jews. Yeah. Well, and and let's hit a reset button to what we were talking about at the beginning and what we were talking about before the show even started. Uh, and you made this emphasis after I shared with you first John five nineteen. It it could have been it could have been didn't have to be Hitler. Oh, that's right. The it name doesn't been, matter. It could have been someone else that was just as or more usable. Right. To Satan. That's right. So it, it's it's really not about the man, but it's really what we're trying to emphasize right now is the spiritual battle behind. Amen. And and Hitler was nothing more than just a puppet or a tool for the spiritual battle to play itself out in the flesh. He was a pawn. Yeah, he was a pawn. He was a pawn being used. Yes. Again, we're not taking away his accountability. And, 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 and yes, he's he's still accountable. Yeah, but remember, yes. Satan wants to rule the world, and Satan wants to destroy the Jews. And so you see this regional demon. Apparently, it's one that had greater power and authority than maybe others around them. They, they have different authorities, different powers, um, and some fell that had more power, some fell that had less power. Well, the one here apparently in Germany has a lot of power because he was able to do that. And, and, and again, we're going to see the revived Roman Empire. Uh, who knows? Maybe the Antichrist even comes out of Germany. We don't know that. But either way, um, it's very interesting to note this. Now, what's interesting to note, Greg, is that G- the Germans were very, very intrigued with um, archaeology and all these kind of things. A lot of that was played on in the Lo- Raiders of the Lost Ark movie where they would go and try to find the Lost Ark and they have the German thing because they really do have a history of, of really trying to, you know, especially Hitler. He wanted to find all these artifacts and all these things and, and this kind of stuff. 
But what's interesting is they literally moved, um, in Pergamos, it refers to uh, the Temple of Zeus as the throne of Satan. And, and they're in that region of uh, Antioch, the Asia Minor region, uh, uh, really the Asia Minor region, not Antioch, but the Asia Minor region there in, in, uh, above Israel, uh, where Paul did most of his ministry, where the seven churches were. And Pergamos had what God referred to, what Jesus called the throne of Satan, was there in Pergamos. And there they had this great you know, monument to Zeus. Now, I don't think that Satan goes and looks for some concrete monument to sit at and hang out. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that. But they built that, and no doubt his spirit was behind that to honor him and give him glory. Well, the Germans went and got that uh, altar of Zeus, that temple of Zeus from uh, Pergamos, and they moved it piece by piece, all of it, to Berlin, which it is there now. They rebuilt it in Berlin uh, some years back, and it's just theirs. You can go see it in the museum. They rebuilt it, etc., which to me is very symbolic. Now, that doesn't mean that Satan's throne has now moved to Berlin or Germany. However, we can say there's been an awfully lot of demonic activity coming out of Germany in the last you know, 80, 90 years. As we look at what happened with World War II and all that, it might be. That could be the throne of Satan now. And maybe that's something symbolic that Satan wanted to do. Maybe that's something God's showing us. We don't know. But my point is, there's a real connection here to this whole spiritual side of things, the throne of Satan, demonic things, and Germany in their past. And I'm not, again, this is not an indictment on the German people. I think that they just happen to, if you live in that region where that demon is, exactly. then those who can be influenced will be influenced, and those who can't won't be. So it's not an indictment yeah. of them. If you move the, if you moved us as Americans into that region, we would have the same influence of the enemy trying to get us to do things wrong, that same regional demon. So it's not right. about the people or about the nationality. It's about the spirit and whatever people are there. It just happens to be Germany and the German people. Now, why is this interesting here? Again, um, we, we, when we think about this, Greg, I'm looking at what's happening in the world today, and I believe that same regional demon is very, very involved in what's happening in world events today. And why do I say that? When you look at what's going on, the main leader, the Bible says on the last day, Satan will organize the world as a one world government and unify the world through that. This, the mechanism that's being used for this one world government currently is an organization called the World Economic Forum. If you've been listening to this show, you've heard of them. If you like to you know, study prophecy in the news, you've no doubt heard of them. Klaus Schwab is the one that put it together many years ago. He runs it. He organizes it. And it's where the world's billionaires and world's leaders get together, and they literally decide how to run the world and the way to take control of the world so they can run it. They are literally trying to take over the world, and they admit it. Um, and they try to say, we're going to do it this way, going to break it up in regions, we're going to control things. And, and, and they're saying, How prophetic. Yes, and they're saying <laughs> it's for the betterment of man because we're smarter and we know better. Yes. So they, act, they present it as this wonderful thing, and I don't even know if they know what they're doing, Greg, but this is Satan's agenda. Yeah. Satan is the one running the World Economic Forum. He's the one using them to bring the whole world together as one, if you will. And what I find interesting, a lot of looking at the regional demons and where this is being headed up, once again, it is a German leader that is leading this up, a man by the name of Klaus Schwab. He's the one that's put it together. He's the leader of it. He's the one saying he's going to get this whole world government together in control of mankind, and he's trying to get the nations to work with him. So it falls right in line with what the Bible says will be happening in the last days, and I believe part of the spiritual battle is these regional demons coming out of Germany. Now, what do I also find interesting? Now, remember... Now we're seeing that as we're getting a little bit down the road from these shots, um, we're seeing that, yes, they help people in certain efficacy at the beginning and this kind of stuff, and, and it's your personal choice whether you take the shot or not. I'm not. That's not what I'm talking about now. But now we can look, and we're starting to see some of the side effects to the shots. And and quite honestly, it's it's a little bit you know kind of scary in some of the things that are happening. People are having – there's a great increase. I think increase we've got in, some articles that are going to discuss that. Yeah, we'll that. talk about yeah. that. One article that we don't have, but there's a great in, increase in things. I mean, uh, you know – heart disease, clots, whatever. Uh, we had on Monday, there was a, um, a panel, Greg, that met with um, uh, there in Washington. And at the panel, the, the military, they had the, from the military statistics, they were saying just two of them, I'll throw out real quick. Actually, I can throw out three because I remember them by memory. But um, since they started the shots in the military and mandated it, there has been a 300% increase in cancer. There's been a 300% increase in miscarriage and a 1,000% increase in neurological damage, neurological issues. Now, my point is, we're starting to see that these shots are causing problems. There's side effects they didn't know about because we didn't have the time to test them like you would normally test, etc. And the more of them you take, there seems to be the greater chance of the problem that is there. Well, as you know, in Israel, they have now taken four. Four shots. You know, you might take one shot and have no problem at all. Two, they're seeing larger percentage of things. Three, it really goes up. And you can imagine with four, it's only going to go up exponentially of side effects that could happen from these shots. 
Well, Israel tried to squelch this thing out again, jumped in. They've already gotten their fourth shot, their booster. Most of the nation has done it, and they're all in. And they're seeing all kinds of problems. They've had a lot of deaths, a great spike in deaths, all kinds of, again, heart attack, stroke, neurological issues. And, and their, their main immunologist for the government of Israel said just last week, if we could do it over, we wouldn't have done this. So they're now regretting that they did all these shots. Now, why is this interesting to me? A lot of the regional demons, and we talked about the whoever the regional demons over Germany. Maybe many of you don't realize this. Here's what happened. Pfizer, when they came out with their shot, they went straight to Israel, and they made an exclusive deal with the nation of Israel. They said, let us alone be your provider. Let us alone be the shot for the nation of Israel so we can lock that in again financially, that investment, but also we can test our product and see how well it does, and we can say, look, here's how good our product is doing, and we can sell it to the rest of the world. They sold it to Israel. Israel signed an exclusive agreement with Pfizer that they would only do the Pfizer shot. So there have been no other shots in the nation of Israel but Pfizer. Now, here's what's interesting. In 1849, a a German man by the name of Charles Pfizer started Pfizer. He moved from Germany to New York, and Pfizer was started in New York as an American company. But it was started by a German that moved from Germany under the region of these regional demons. Now, again, I find this interesting. So here's something else I found out recently in the last couple of weeks. How many of you out there think that America or others funded the Pfizer shot uh, because of Operation Warp Speed or whatever the case might be? Here comes the shocker. Germany, the government of Germany, are the complete funders for the Pfizer shot. $445 million. So they funded it. It came through a, a German creator that moved to America. Uh, it's, it was exclusively sold to the Jewish nation. And so my point is simply this. Keep your eye on this. I am not saying that, it, I'm, that even Pfizer knows or that anybody knows that maybe this vaccine was going to turn out to be something bad. What I'm saying is the numbers are starting to look not as good for the vaccine as they did at the beginning. And I find it interesting, the connections to Germany, the fact that Germany funded it, the fact that it came to a guy from Germany that created the company. Uh, we see the regional demons. We talked about one generation goes, another one comes. The fact that it went straight to the Jews, again, it's it's all of mankind. It's affecting, if you will, because we're all, you know, everybody's been taking it. Sure. But the specific um, agreement with the nation of Israel, I guess here's what I'm trying to say. Look, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not saying that everybody that took the shot's going to drop dead. I'm not saying that. I'm saying... There are some side effects. There are some serious things happening. We don't know what the long-term effects are going to be yet at this point. But here's what we do know. There is an exclusive German-funded from the region of the same region where Hitler came out of that has now exclusively been signed up with Israel where they're taking now four of those. And we know that that Satan's desire is to destroy the nation of Israel. I know God's going to rescue Israel. I know there's going to be a great revival in Israel. All the people of Israel aren't going to die. I know that prophetically. What I'm saying is, I wonder how much influence the enemy is trying to harm the the nation of Israel by taking something that we don't know the full effects yet and getting as many shots in them as they can. And I think this is the kind of thing we have to be aware of. I think there's something spiritual going on. Be praying for the nation of Israel. Be praying for their eyes to be open. And pray they stop this program. Real quick, before the music starts, Pastor Mark, in light of what you said was moved to Berlin from Pergamos. Yes. And in light of the revived Roman Empire. And in light of regional demonic control, yes. do you believe that the headquarters for this new one-world government, the revived Roman Empire, will be actually in Italy, or or yeah. will it be in Berlin, you know, per great, se? We don't know. That's a I, great uh, question. I, I just, we yeah. don't know. We don't know. Look, if I was to guess where Satan's throne is, I would think North Korea. Oh, yeah. When you look at how evil, <laughs> sure. right? But then then again, I find it very symbolic that they did move the altar of Zeus that God called the throne of Satan in Pergamos, moved it to Berlin, and and we've seen all these wicked things come out of Berlin. And I'm just wondering, is there something going on in the last days that the Holy Spirit is showing us? We don't know, but we do know there's regional demons at work, and we need to be praying for the nation of Israel and for God to open their eyes as soon as possible. Absolutely. Well, we've got, uh, you you know, speaking of all of this pestilence and plagues, this is all from Matthew 24. Our Lord told us these things would be happening. And in our next half hour, we're going to talk about some of the results of the plagues and pestilence, such as the great population growth slowdown, another goal of Satan. We'll talk about that as Signs of the Times continues right after this. 
WIAMLP 101.1 FM, Knoxville. Are you willing to say no now in order to gain greater rewards later? Hi, I'm Chuck Bentley with My Money Life from Crown. In his book, The Road Less Traveled, author M. Scott Peck describes delayed gratification as a process of scheduling the pain and pleasure of life in such a way as to enhance the pleasure by experiencing the pain first and getting it over with. Well, how right he was. Sadly, though, too few people realize that saying no to some of our wants and desires now really does pay off. Today, Crown's founder, the late Larry Burkett, talks about the source of that mindset and how it actually leads to financial bondage. Wrong attitudes. The attitude of, I deserve it. I mean, I've got a right to do it. Everybody else is doing it. I can do it, too. That's why the ad around Christmas time from one of the major credit card companies says, go ahead and do it, you owe it to yourself. They don't mean that, let me tell you that. Go ahead and do it, you owe it to me. That's what they mean. Wrong attitudes. You ask with the wrong motives, and that's why you don't receive. What is the source of your quarrels and your anxieties and your frustration, James writes? It's your selfish ambitions. One of the things we ought to be instilling, particularly in our children, are the right attitudes about money. What are your rights? Why should you wait to buy a three-bedroom house until you've been married 10 years? You know, a young couple gets married, first thing you want, you want a four-bedroom, two-bath house with a swimming pool, because that's what mom and dad had. I certainly can't accept less than that. Those are wrong attitudes. Have you been blessed with My Money Life? I invite you to discover the Crown Stewardship Podcast. They focus on helping you find freedom in your finances and career. You can subscribe at Spotify or iTunes or listen at crown.org. That's crown.org. A moment of grace with Ed Taylor. You know, God did not give you the job that you have right now to make you a complainer. That's not why he gave it to you. He didn't say, I think, you know, I want to see what kind of complainer so-and-so is, so I'm going to give him this job. Now, the job has revealed what kind of complainer you are, but that wasn't God's heart. He didn't allow you this place of employment to bum you out, to discourage you, to destroy you. He has put you in the place that you are for a very specific purpose. For more biblical encouragement to help you grow deeper in your love relationship with Jesus, visit edtaylor.org. Again, that's edtaylor.org. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor is a presentation of Calvary Aurora. Signs of the Times now continues. Here again is your host. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of our weekly look at Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news. These are the signs of the times for Friday, January 28th, 2022. Along with Mark Kirk, I'm Greg Hilt. Thanks for staying with us as we get ready to dive into news articles from around the world. And really, you know, as we kind of follow prophecy, we, we've, there's all sorts of prophetic, uh, um, you know, um, headers so to speak, or right. categories right. that we could potentially talk about. Right. But sometimes the world is just inflamed on one thing. Yes. And really, that's kind of the last two years. That's what we've been talking about. And that's uh, uh, COVID-19 and what we like to refer to as the pandemic. And part of the plan of Satan is, uh, again, Jesus told us in Matthew or uh, no, John chapter 10. Verse, verse 10, you know, the, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But, Amen, right. but Jesus comes to, to give life and give it more abundantly. That's right. So uh, one of the things that Satan wants to do is wipe out man any way he can and any way he's allowed to. And the Vox.com talks about the great population growth slowdown, no doubt as a result of... COVID-19. You're right, Greg. Yeah, the pandemic, it says, has only accelerated a decline in U.S. birth rates, even as immigration has plummeted. And here's what's interesting. Yeah. Immigration has gone out the roof, but legal immigration has plummeted. Because mm. you don't need to go legal. Go through the border and come in the bottom. Well, interesting? and there again, there are another prophecy. Lawlessness yes. will abound in the latter days. There you go. At the stroke of midnight, it says, on January 1st, New York City welcomed its first new inhabitant uh, of 2022, Layla Gessel uh, Zunin Garcia, 
born as the new year began on Coney Island Hospital in Brooklyn. Uh, given changing trends around population and fertility, though, there's less competition to become the first baby of the new world um, than there used to be. Few, fewer babies were born in New York City uh, than any year on record, while the U.S. population grew just 0.1% in the year between 20 and 21. Uh, the country is uh, adding 392,000 people from the net immigration and births over deaths. Now, again, remember, this: there's much more than that, but they're coming in illegally. These are only those that are that are accounted for. However, these are the lowest numeric increase, that is, in new people here, babies uh, of the Census Bureau um, since the um, making annual population estimates at the beginning of the 20th century. On a percentage basis, it's the lowest growth in the nation's history. Now, again, that is because of legal growth. But, Greg, this is I want to bring this real quick before we go on. This goes back to the World Economic Forum, which is going to be in the news a lot, even like COVID was. World Economic Forum, I think, is going to be coming up a lot for us from this point on. Um, but I was watching one of the videos that uh, Bill Gates did. He's there every year, and they have all the different speakers. And he said he's trying to come up with vaccines to save the world and stop all these bad things, right? And he said, but people ask me, if you're worried about population, he's super worried about it. We have to decrease the population. He wants to get it down to something like 500 million to a billion in that range. Klaus Schwab has said he wants it down to a billion. And we now have 8 billion people. So this leader of the of this, you know, whatever, you're talking about wanting to destroy mankind. Yeah. He wants 7 billion people to disappear. Um, but they asked him, and says, well, how, how do you plan on doing this? Um, and just getting rid of, you know, 7 billion people or whatever. And he said, what the goal is, is because you're making people better by vaccines, so there's going to be more people being healthy. He said, well, that's that's fine. We want that. He said, but as we do it, we're going to be teaching the next generation to not have children. So he's saying what we're going to do is, is save all the people that are here, teach the next generation to not have children. And he showed some charts saying it'll eventually go down, 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 down. And he, and he was working his way down to, you know, like the kind of billion mark or whatever mark. And so their goal is to drop close to 7 billion people off the planet somehow. And that's that makes you especially nervous when they come up with a worldwide shot. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, it is interesting. They at least say they have a plan in place to get it down in a, in a, in a right way. Well, you talked about early on uh, from the vaccine, one of the known things that was coming out as a result of the vaccine was sterility. Yeah. And the only thing that we didn't know was the, was the sterility short-term based or was this permanent yeah and, they, and, we and still i don't know if we know. don't we well, don't know that's we not, don't but let yeah. me say the latest uh, Greg. we know now the, even the the man who created the doctor that created the mrna technology he said the way it's designed the way it works it is goes to certain places of your body and one of the places that the shot goes is to the ovaries it's one of the main areas that it goes and that's why some women's cycles have been getting so messed up because that's where it goes and his concern is this he said we don't yet know the long-term effect but here's what we do know it's going to the ovaries. It's causing swelling, all kinds of cycles to be messed up. People that quit their cycles are now restarting them. People that had a cycle is now stopping. He said, here's the bottom line. Now, I didn't realize this. I'm getting educated on these, all these doctors. He said, all baby, all babies, all women are born with the total amount of eggs they will have their entire life. That's it. You never, you don't gain more eggs. So if those eggs are all affected, that person can't have any children. I find it concerning. That one of the first areas and main areas these shots run to in these mRNAs, they run straight to the ovaries. So, again, you don't want to think that someone's intentionally trying to sterilize the next generation. You don't want to think that. But when you see them at these charts at the World Economic Forum, and Bill Gates is doing this whole big thing about they want to drop 7 billion people off the planet. Yeah. You can't help but go, wait a minute. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not saying that's happening. Yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you have to be concerned to go, wait a minute, well, at least now we know that it's going to women's ovaries. Yeah. Maybe we should encourage women when they're pregnant or, or when they're younger not to get this shot. And those that are older and could be in danger, where they, you know, they're not trying to have yeah. kids, etc. Uh, before we get to the next article, quick question. Do you know where the headquarters is of the World Economic Forum? Uh, isn't it in... Um, it's I don't Davos, know. I'm Davos, asking. Davos. So Switzerland. They meet in Davos where they meet every year. Is that Switzerland? Yes. Davos, okay. Switzerland is where they meet every year. Okay. But as far as like, I don't know if that's their headquarters, but that's where they meet. That's the meeting but place every that's year. That's all Davos. in the same region. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, just curious. Yes. Just yeah. curious. Okay. All right. Next article, Pastor Mark from The Blaze. Uh, now, this is in quotes scheduled for execution. Uh, unvaxxed COVID patient flown to Texas after being denied life-saving care in Minnesota, yeah, which is a very interesting state that we've covered in over the years and the things that have happened there. But yeah, that's just, another well, subject. And this is another concerning thing that's happening. What's happening is, and the reason I, that we had that article there, Greg, just just to note, 
um, is what's happening with a lot of these patients is they're locking them into a protocol that the government has given, and you can't really do anything else to help them. And the problem is, is when that protocol goes into place, a lot of these people are dying. They're not making it. And so um, the whole argument, there's those that are trying to take legal action to say, look, allow the families to get involved, allow their doctors to get involved, and allow there to be other things that you give them, other because there's a, a certain regimen that the government recommends, and the hospitals are holding to it, and they're saying they could really cut down the death rate if they would break away from that regimen the hospitals yes, hold. Absolutely. To. Yes. Absolutely. So, All right. Uh, Times of Israel. Uh, and this kind of goes in line with what we were talking about in the first half. Yes. In an Israeli trial, the world's first, uh, finds the fourth dose is not good enough against Omicron. Yeah, and this is interesting because this article came out, and at the same time, I don't have the article today, but we had the head immunologist in Israel saying we shouldn't have done it at all. But yeah. this expert at Sheba Medical Center says that the shot raises COVID antibody levels, but there are still a lot of infections among those who receive it. And basically, it's not doing anything. Nearly a month after the Sheba Medical Center launched a landmark study to test the efficacy of the fourth COVID shot, the hospital said Monday that the fourth booster was only partially effective in protecting against Omicron. Now, what's interesting to me is they're saying in Israel that's only partially effective. The, there are doctors here now in the U.S. saying it's it's not effective at all. They're not seeing any benefit. So, again, those numbers seem to be a little bit um, – they're saying there was an effect to uh, the first one and to Delta, but nothing with Omicron. So what's happening is is they're slowly figuring out, Greg, and it's getting to a place where they're saying, you know, I think we're going to stop with the boosters and the shots because they're not doing any good. And I think the sooner the better because this is something that we just don't really know what the outcome is going to be long term yet. It's getting more concerning. Yeah. Well, obviously, death rates spiking is causing concern as well. Yes. Uh, the Blaze is also reporting uh, some very concerning data from Scotland. Yeah, this is interesting, Greg, as well, because uh, let me read it, and I'll, I'll tell you why it really caught my attention. This is, again, out of Scotland. The vaccines are incredibly safe, they said. They protect us against Omicron. They protect us against Delta. They protect us against COVID is the quote that they gave from their authorities. He says, those are the words of the fully vaccinated CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, actually this is here in America, while testifying before the Senate Health Committee with two masks on on January the 11th. However, Scottish data shows that the COVID-19 age standardized case rate is the highest among those double vaccinated and the lowest among the unvaccinated. In other words, what they're showing from their numbers in Scotland is if you're vaccinated, you have a much greater chance of getting it than if you're unvaccinated. And if you're unvaccinated, you have a much lower chance of catching it. Why would this be? Well, let me go on. It further shows the trend of negative efficacy for the double vaccinated persisting for hospitalizations and deaths. Something is very wrong here. And together with other data points, it raises concerning questions about the negative effect of waning antibodies, constant boosting, and the consequences of what they call a leaky vaccine. So others can do, it can pass right through and others can get sick with a narrow-spectrum subatomal antibodies against an ever-involving virus. The point is this. They're saying, look, there was some efficacy. We saw some results with the first uh, uh, phase that came through. But they're saying now now we're seeing with those that get more shots, they're actually more susceptible to getting sick. This is something, Greg, that some of the immunologists have been saying for a long time and other doctors have been saying that it's breaking down the other immune areas of your body by having this, this shot that's not a natural vaccine. It's, it's, a, it's a lab-generated you know, mRNA thing. Yeah. And they're saying, so your body's not building the antibodies against the variants, and because of that, you're more vulnerable to the variants, and now we're seeing exactly that play out. Well, and you were sharing with me before the show about that one article that talked about for the military what a, is a 300% increase in cancer. 300% increase in cancer since the shot started and 300% increase in miscarriages since the and shot started. And you said that they, they it was because of the spike proteins it goes in and breaks down. Or it, Explain that again. It helps the cancer break free. I don't know okay. the full science of it, but what they're seeing is the spike proteins that are produced by the mRNA shots are helping cancer break free, and we're seeing larger cases of cancer now. Well, and then if you're continuing to go get booster after booster or, you know, whatever, you know, the four, I mean, it just, it's not going to help. It's yeah, not going to help. help. And again, look, look, like I said, I want to just yeah. state this, this again. I'm not trying to come from this. I'm no doctor. I'm a pastor. Yeah. I'm simply giving you the data yep. and saying just because the, statistics because that are of the out data, there. I think, look, I think we need to put the brakes on. I think wisdom would say, put on the brakes. Everybody put it on hold here. Let's wait and see what's going on with this because if we're doing more damage than even what the COVID is doing, then we're, we're working in reverse here. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of a potential damage uh, in light of everything that we've talked about up to this point, this also from the blaze, this is uh, 
from I guess from the words of Dr. Anthony Fauci, children aged four and younger will likely need a three dose COVID vaccine regimen. Yeah, I, Greg, you know, this bothers me so much. I, I'll go as far as just to say I believe this is evil. I don't know where um, Dr. Fauci is coming from. I don't know his motives. But here's why I say this is evil. Um, let me just read it. I'll tell you why. White House Chief Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci said Wednesday that children four years old and younger will likely need three shots of COVID-19 vaccine to complete their regimen once the government grants approval for toddlers to be vaccinated. Fauci informed reporters at the Daily White House press briefing that clinical trials for this Pfizer vaccine are currently underway in children from six to two months years old. Um, it looks like uh, they'll need a three-dose regimen, he said. I don't think we can predict when we will see the emergency use authorization with that because, again, it's not been approved. So you have to go with emergency use authorization because the company's still putting the data before the FDA. Now, here's why, Greg, I say this is just evil. Look, here, are the, here look, these are the stats. Per 100,000, the latest stat from the CDC, per 100,000 kids, 0.01 are dying from COVID. 0.01. That means 99.99% of children who get COVID are fine. It's like a cold to them. It doesn't affect them. Um, it just doesn't. Unless you had a comorbidity issue. Yeah, and, and that's where the 0.01% comes yeah, exactly. in. Okay? Yeah. Now, Here's why this to me is, this is, I believe this is demonic. This is where I see the enemy. I'm not, again, I'm not saying Dr. Fauci is demon possessed. I'm saying I believe there are demons working right here to kill our children or to hurt our children. Because here's the bottom line. We do know now that younger kids especially are more apt to heart inflammation. Uh, they're more apt to neurological problems from this shot. All these things we're seeing now that are coming out from the kids that are doing this. And it's scary because now they're saying they want to do it to infants and all this. It is absolutely unnecessary, it is absolutely unneeded, and it's absolutely unethical, immoral, and wrong in every way. And I know that I, I, I said this last time, and we got, you know, a, I guess, a, a, I don't know. The point is, I know that a lot of people hear this, but I'm just saying, go do your homework. Find out, is what I'm saying true? Is this simply my opinion? Am I getting emotional? Or is it really 0.01% per 100,000 of children in this age group that die from COVID? And if that's the case, it is absolutely ludicrous to give our kids a shot that we know is affecting them neurologically. We know it's, it's, it's causing increasing clot problems. Cardiac we, issues. We know that it can cause yeah. infertility problems. We, there, I mean, we have documented evidence of some kids that died on the spot from it. Now, again, not huge numbers of that. But the point is, why would we take a chance with yeah. our children when they don't need it? This is where I say it's demonic and it's just insanity yeah well uh, speaking of increasing risk uh and this is our last article from this category pastor mark from Arutz shiva uh the is israel national news is reporting on a new study that has revealed a hundred and thirty three times risk of contracting myocarditis after a COVID vaccination. Yes, this is what I've been talking about. And here's why we don't know enough about these shots. We need to put the brakes on here. Again, myocarditis is is a, a swelling of the heart. And by the way, most people that get myocarditis die within 10 years, statistically. And Greg, these are our kids and yeah. the teens getting this. So you you could I mean you could definitely see how that would all work into and, and we would pull back and we look at the thirty thousand foot view of the goal of population reduction. It scares me. I have to be honest. Look, yeah. I'm, now again, if people want to cry a conspiracy, whatever. Look, hey, a conspiracy is when there's nothing to back it up. But when or a conspiracy theory, but when you see when I even bring that language into it, I but I know people use that. Maybe I shouldn't have brought it's it. It's Bible prophecy. You yeah. know, God said these things would be happening. I know. I'm just. I can just hear people out there because that's where they categorize anybody that brings this kind of stuff yeah. up. So that's I, fine. I, either way, the bottom line is: look, um, if if the stats and the numbers are lining up with this stuff, we need to look at it. I'll leave it at that. Listen to what it says. A recent study published on January 25th in the JAMA Network, you know, the, the medical journal, has shown that the risk of myocarditis following the mRNA COVID vaccine is around 100, around 133 times greater than the background risk in the population. The study conducted by researchers from the U.S. Centers of Disease Control, CDC, as well as from several U.S. universities and hospitals examined the effects of the vaccine 
of the vaccination with products manufactured by Pfizer and Moderna. The study's authors used the data obtained from the CDC's VAERS reporting system, which was cross-checked to ensure they comply with CDC's definition of myocarditis. They also noted that given the passive nature of the VAERS system, the number of reported incidents is likely to be an underestimate of the extent of the phenomenon. Sixteen uh, 1,626 cases of myocarditis were studied. The results show that the Pfizer product was most associated with higher risk, with 105.9 cases per million doses. Uh, after a second vaccine shot, again, it goes on and gives numbers. The study found the median time of onset was two days, and that 82% of cases were in males. Consistent with previous studies, around 96% of the affected people were hospitalized, with most treated with non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. 87% of those hospitalized had res- resolution of symptoms by the time of discharge. Among the reported symptoms were chest pain, pressure, discomfort, shortness of breath, abnormal uh, ECG, abnormal cardiac MRI, etc. Now, let me say this. Just because, Greg, historically, um, swelling of the heart, myocarditis, the average lifespan has been around 10 years, they don't know that that's going to be the result from this. That's that's the results from those who get it naturally. Yeah. So we don't know that. So I don't mean to. I'm not trying no, to say that to, true. We don't. to over concern. Yeah. I'm just saying these are the reasons I say. Look, here are the facts. Here are the stats. Do your homework. Don't believe me. Go do your homework. And where I'm saying we need more voices saying, hey, let's at least put the brakes on. Let's just put on the brakes. And and um, the the survival rate for COVID among the young and healthy is still 99.9 percent. Okay. So if you get COVID, it doesn't mean it's a death sentence. I know for older people it can be dangerous, and then you have to make that decision as a family member and what you're going to do. I, with, I get that. But with all the things we're seeing now happening, I think we need to step back, take a deep breath, and I think have a conversation. And I think our, our I wish our governmental leaders would say, let's all talk about it. Yeah. And just sit Instead at the of table. rushing and this through. Sit at the table and say, you know what, all right, we've looked yeah. at it. We feel safe with it. We're going to continue on. Great. If that's what your conclusion is, great. Or sit down and look at it and say, wait a minute. This is not looking good. Let's kind of wait and put the brakes on and see what's going on. Yeah. That's all I'm advocating. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, let's take a look at some growing anti-Semitism. Another one of the Bible prophecies for the latter days, that the whole world will turn against the nation of Israel and against Jewish people in general. This is from Times of Israel, Pastor Mark. It says, a report is finding that 2021 was the worst year in a decade for anti-Semitism around the world. Yes, and that's, and really, that's when we know it's prophetic. Yeah, that you're exactly right, Greg. That's when we do know that it's prophetic. And the article talks about just we're seeing spikes in anti-Semitism around the world. Now, Europe, again, has some of the greatest spikes, which has always been kind of a struggle. We talk about all that went on there with their history. Uh, now, in America, we're seeing a great spike. We're see, we've seen the most anti-Semitism, I think, um, in recent history in this past year in America. And um, and remember, one of the signs of the times in the last days is you're going to see an increased hatred toward the Jews. Remember, Satan hates the Jews. He wants to destroy the Jews. And it's going to be against Christians as well. But that main focus is God made a promise to the Jews. Satan wants to thwart that promise to show that he's God rather than the Jews being God, uh, rather than uh, God being God, I'm sorry. And um, and so you're going to see the attacks increase against the Jews like this article talks about. We, we bring these articles up every so often because they continue to rise. I don't want us to go to sleep on it and let it become kind of this, you're crying wolf, but recognize it's increasing on a regular basis. And Greg, eventually, Zechariah chapter 12 says the entire world is going to turn against the nation of Israel. There'll be a stumbling block, it says, to the whole world. Yeah. Well, you know, this is a great example, another great example of First John five nineteen. Yeah. You know, you talk about people that have no interaction with Jewish people or maybe connection to the Jews or the land or they've had any personal interaction where someone's done them wrong that's of Jewish descent, you know, anything like that. But yet they find themselves in a state of hatred towards either Jewish people or the nation of Israel. But yet if you were to question them, I mean, what are they going to, you know, use the the adage that the world is saying that they're occupying someone else's land. That's biblically untrue. Right. According to the Bible. That's right. But yet the hatred is so palpable where does that hatred really come from yeah. when someone's done you no wrong? That shows you a spiritual battle going on. Yeah. They're under the influence or the sway of the enemy, as First John 5.19 says. Yeah. And we see that globally, and we see that increasing as well. We do. And, Greg, you know what? It brings up another point of seeing this from the spiritual warfare yeah. perspective. Because something else I want to point out, if we talked earlier about World War II, 
what Germany did was they divided their people groups into two different groups. Um, those that were acceptable to live and those that had to die. The Jews and everyone else, basically. Mm. They wanted to kill all the Jews off. And anybody that didn't go along with Germany or whatever the case might be. And when you see that spirit dividing and one group getting stronger to wipe another group out, it was the Jews in that instance. And again, I think it will be again in the last days. But when you see this whole spirit worldwide of what's happening right now, regardless of how you feel or your viewpoint on the shots and all the going, regardless of that, the world right now actively is being broken up into two categories. Mm-hmm. Those that are vaccinated yes. and those that are unvaccinated. Good and, point. and where's yeah. the hatred and the anger being pointed? Yeah. Again, you look at, here's the bottom line we know now on the shots. They don't prevent spread. Everybody that has it will spread it just as freely, whether vaccinated or unvaccinated, which means you're not harming anybody by not getting the shot because it makes no difference. If you feel you're protected by the shot, then you get the shot and now you're protected. Yeah. So there's no issue for you. And if you if you have the shot, you still yeah. pass it on like somebody who doesn't. Yeah. So here's the thing. It's illogical. It is illogical for the anger to be at those that are unvaccinated when everyone freely passes it the same way. Yeah. And you can freely get protection if you want it. Yeah. But this again, Greg, we go above the clouds, the spirit of Antichrist. Yeah. He's dividing the world up now in divisions. And remember, when the Antichrist takes power, when this world leader comes out of Europe, He's going to basically separate out those who don't worship him and those who do worship yeah. him. And those who do worship him will live if they take the mark and follow him. Those who don't worship him will die and be put to death. And we're going to see a great slaughter of those who miss the rapture and get saved. And even a great slaughter of those, Greg, who reject uh, the Antichrist there during the, the Great Tribulation. So you see the same pattern mm-hmm. of the spiritual realm. That's why I want us to be looking beyond names, yeah. beyond governments, beyond people, look larger at what the Bible says and what's happening in the spirit realm. Well, here's the world's first, never before in the history of medicine, is the ineffectiveness of a medicine being blamed on those who aren't taking it. Yeah. So Absolutely. There you go. Absolutely. Hey, it's time for some good news, Pastor Mark. Yes. Christian headlines. <laughs> Uh, reporting uh, that a man comes to Jesus after finding a Bible lost by a pastor nearly 15 years ago. Explain how this yes, works. Yes, Pastor Paul Darty, a pastor of the Tulsa-based megachurch Victory, shared the story in a post on Facebook titled Crazy Story. It says, meet Clayton. He found this old Bible at a shelter 10 years ago and started reading it and saw the name P. Darty on the front cover, not knowing whose it was, but seeing all kinds of little journal notes and underlined scribble and thoughts uh, next to the scripture verses in the Old and New Testament. Again, he probably left it on our table in the Lost and Found. We get rid of it and your name's on it. It's gone. Anyway, according <laughs> yeah. to Darty, Clayton shared that he occasionally read the Bible over the years and treasured the little scribbled thoughts that he saw in the Bible. He eventually surrendered his life to Christ and broke free of a lot of stuff, end quote. After his conversion, Clayton showed up at Victory last weekend and asked Pastor Darty if this was his Bible. <laughs> if I got your Bible, man. <laughs> and he came to church, the, the, he says, and I quote, he came to church tonight and showed me the Bible, asked if I knew whose it was. It was my old Bible from middle and high school that I lost and hadn't seen in 15 years, Darty wrote. God used my old, messy, scribbled Bible to save this guy's life, who now is saved, yet free, and brought this whole family with kids to the church tonight. The Word is alive and powerful, he declared. So, really, really, you know, a really neat story, seeing, hey, you know, some of you guys may have lost your Bible out there, and you're thinking, man, I wish I had my Bible, and I wish you did, but who knows? Maybe it fell into the hands of some unbeliever who's given their life to Christ by, you know, having your Bible in their hands, and so whenever God's Word goes out, you know, whether we want it to go out that way or not, whenever God's Word goes out, there's always good fruit. And uh, the power of the Word of God, that's what saves lives. Yeah. The power of the Word of God through Jesus Christ. What a great story. And another great example of why you need to store the Scripture in your heart, memorize the Scripture. That way, if you happen to not have your Bible nearby or whatever, you know, God can just supernaturally bring those Scriptures back to your memory when they're needed. Yeah, really amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. So again, as they say, a feel-good story. A feel-good story. And and, and again, you know, listen, again, speaking of this, because I know we're about out of time, you may be listening right now and going, you know what, I know that I don't know god but i would like answers and i hear some of the things you guys have been talking about prophetically and all that and it's it sounds a little weird to me and maybe even a little bit scary look if you know the lord you don't need to be scared jesus is the one that is our protector he's the one that's going to see us freely into heaven he's paid for our sins pick up a bible begin to read it 
You know, go to the Gospel of John, read the Gospel of John, know that the Bible says Jesus died for you, and if you'll simply accept him, you will be saved. And so uh, read the Word of God. You're invited to Calvary Chapel. We'd love to have you. Uh, But just, again, a great story and a great reminder of the power of God when it's unleashed. And if you find a lost Bible, maybe it was lost for you. There you go. You never know. Yeah, yeah, that's great. God works in mysterious ways. Yes, he does. All right, folks, have yourselves a great weekend. Make sure you're in church fellowshipping with your brothers and sisters in Jesus. Stay in the Word. Stay online at thewaymedia.net for all things Signs of the Times related. And we'll be back next Friday at 1.30 for more Signs of the Times right here on WIAM. follow rules. You don't rebel because most of these rules have benefits that you understand. These rules can keep you out of trouble and keep trouble from accepting an invitation you didn't mean to send. Rules are easy to follow when they're practical, but a little harder when you don't see the benefit. That's where people make a rule-breaking mistake, but they aren't meant to be broken. They protect. They aren't meant to condemn. They're made to free you to do the right thing. WIAM 101.1 FM, The Way. is becoming something we're all becoming what we be